So there's a guy in the desert, and he's upset that someone's hurting his baby, and so he starts putting holes in them. Yeah, that that uh, that happens. Anyway, so, I'd be upset too. <laughs> so the Mandalorian's been off for I don't know a little over a month now. It's had its run. And I still love going back and watching the episodes. Yeah. The Baby Yoda craze, or the child as it should be referred to, seems to still be hanging in there. Um, I'm getting alerts in my email from Amazon and from Disney. They're like, hey, we got you know Yoda merchandise coming out soon. And I'm like, <laughs> you missed the mark. I'm going to tell you something. You're, almost... out, you're out a little bit because... It, well, well, when you say Yoda, you mean like Yoda... No, no, ba- baby they're, 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 Disney, like, as a whole is referring to them as, as Baby Yoda, like, but they, all the merchandise says the child. I'm gonna say this, it's almost disrespectful at this point, because Yoda, and what Yoda represents to, not to the species, but to himself. Yeah. Is, is something up here, right? Like, Yoda has a, a high ideal, and like, high reverence. And Baby Yoda's been around for Boba Fett minutes. <laughs> and Compar- yeah. Comparatively, yeah. Baby Yoda's cute, but like, I mean, did he lift an X-Wing? Like, no. He he lifted a mud rhinoceros. <laughs> did he, was he involved in the training of two Skywalkers? No. No. That's, I mean, that's, that's definitely not. He did something that the newest Skywalker was able to do, though. Yeah, fuck that. Like, no. I mean, <laughs> not anything against uh, against the child. I understand the child's place in in He can heal people. He has and, magic hands. <laughs> and his ability to use the Force or her, whatever. We, like, yeah, I guess we don't know, do we? What if it is a girl? Great, but... That'd be interesting. But the fact that we're... I mean, I get the that it's the same... Like, apparently the same species but something rubs me up the wrong way about just using yoda because it's almost like saying like a lot of people out here that are like private first classes in the game <laughs> but want to refer to themselves as generals and it's like yeah. you didn't do the crawl under the thing and the the tire joint and throw the grenade and have Chris Evans jump on it. None of that. <laughs> None of that you didn't do. And it's the same. Like, this baby's been around for, like, two seconds. And is revered. Like, oh, I want the Baby Yoda thing. Like, I'll get a Baby Yoda, the child merch piece of merchandise. This motherfucker does some shit. You well, know, so far, the child has done two cool things and some cute things. But like, well, he's his most of his reputation, its reputation is is going off of the cuteness. That's how he's living on. Yeah. So anyway, I am Adam. I'm Jeff. <laughs> Welcome to the end of the species podcast. Our third, kind of fourth, uh, yeah, Star Wars related episode. Well, you know what it what it is is the Rise of Skywalker, and we didn't even finish all the stuff we wanted. Oh my like, god, we, no, we cut off early. Yeah. But there's so much that is affected by Rise of Skywalker that we had to split it in two. But it got got me to be able to use a text-to-speech, so. <laughs> and the, and it the, turns that's out. The, that is the important thing, yeah. 
turns out the text to speech also hates <laughs> fucking GameStop. Like yeah. fuck GameStop all day from text to speech. Like I didn't even write that. It was just like fuck GameStop. Yeah. I was like, wow, that comes with it. All right. <laughs> I'm feeling it. It's a drag and drop. It's like it's got some key catchphrases on the side, and you just click one. You know what it and was? It adds to that. It's like and that's, it's like, the that's, top. that's the watermark. When you don't pay for it, it's like to remove the fuck GameStop. <laughs> pay five dollars. That's and it just added it to my shit. I like it. Yeah. Um. But we did that. Prior to that, we went over uh, Fallen Order, which we uh, we're still we're still fans of. We 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 enjoyed the game. We enjoyed the plot. Um, we're uh, to some extent we're still going to be playing it because there's stuff still to do and there are other difficulties to master. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would definitely look forward to um, another installment. And so I'm looking forward to a lot of Star Wars stuff this year and soon to come. But that might even be another episode. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but in addition, I mean, we I think we purposely skipped over anything that was added to Battlefront 2, even though I know there was content there. But we did. But that's also that's a game that's been out for over. Well, it came out before Last Jedi came out. Yeah, so it's been out for a minute. So there's not really like it's been adding, out for like three, going four on four years. years. Yeah, so like adding adding a new hero or something to that, I don't know is necessarily. Like they changed some animations and whatnot, but I don't some, think it's it warrants some a whole, You know, diving into yeah, but that leaves us with what what we both kind of consider, and this may be over like oversimplifying it but the, we, we the dark horse kind of crown jewel of this whole thing of, of star wars 2019 is the mandalorian is the mandalorian and not to take anything away again because some, sometimes people read too much into stuff rise of skywalker was fucking amazing it was awesome but i say and i specifically say dark horse because they announced the mandalorian and we didn't know what to expect yeah and then it started and you're like oh shit and then it, they, the show keeps going, and you're, wow, this is really good. And and it took you on a journey. So I think we covered the first two episodes in a previous podcast. We did. Uh, as, podcast. as a simplification to dumb down, there's an entity who works for a bounty hunter guild named the Mandalorian. You don't find out his real name. He's got... I'm gonna just say it right past. now, we're not splitting this up. This, I mean, when was uh, the last episode of Mandalorian came out before New Year's? The last episode of the Mandalorian came out two days, um, or no, the week after Rise of Skywalker released. Yeah, December twenty so, seventh. Yeah. So this whole episode of End of a Species is spoiler heavy, and it dives into episodes. We're going to kind of touch on one and two, but we did that already. But we're yeah. going to go through three through eight of The Mandalorian. And it's going to be the A-Train Express, right, from yeah. 125. We're going to hit it kind of hard down and Down to fast. Columbus Circle, no stops. That first 20 minutes of Rise of Skywalker kind of style. Bam, bam, bam. Word. <laughs> so We're not going to give you like these big old things. This is the planet you're on. It's, yeah. Unless it's Tatooine. <laughs> because <laughs> because Tatooine. Yeah. Um, so Mandalorian works for a bounty hunter guild. He's been doing some, some work. He's 
collecting stuff. He gets a special assignment from some ex-imperial people. They're well, they're still imperial, but like the empire is not really a thing. So I guess it's like an offshoot, you know, trying to still hang in there. He's supposed to go to this planet, pick up this bounty who's that's fifty years old. You know, everyone ages differently. Goes down there, meets up with an Ugnaught who has him ride a basically a giant bullfrog. Like it's it's a you know what it is? It's a dewback that's cut in half and <laughs> pasted yeah. back together. That's exactly what it is. So Oh, um, that must be painful. A a blurg. It's what it's what the name of the creature is. So he's he goes down he's trained to ride a blurg, he goes down, you know, meets up with an IG eighty IG series assassination droid. IG eleven. Um, ID eleven specifically that everybody when they saw it was like IG eighty eight yeah and they're like no but it's but that's a great way to do stuff too because like if it's close but not the exact thing that you remember you're not fucking with anybody's nostalgia you know yeah. you're bringing some of it back to be like oh get attached to this thing too even for newer stuff like if you see a K two S O type droid now you're like oh, K oh yeah not <laughs> um. And then they rescue. He they they go in. They're supposed to kill the kill the the target. Find out it's a a little greenling that's in a um uh that's in a pod sphere thing. And the IG units like, oh no, we've got to kill it. I was programmed to kill it. Mandalorian saves it, rescues it. And he's like, I'm gonna turn it in alive because it's too cute to blow the face off of. And kills the IG unit. And kills the IG unit in the, in the course of that. He heads back. His starship's been torn apart by Jawas. He can't get off planet. He enlists the Ugnaught to help him navigate with the Jawas after blowing a couple of them away. They tell him to go get um, the egg. He gets a furry egg from a, rhinoc- a space rhinoceros. It's called a mudhorn. Uh, they give it to him. They eat it sloppily out of there. They give him all the parts back to his starship. He has to rebuild it get back out into space launches out goes back to uh the planet that gave him the bounty to collect the uh little guy and that's kind of where we left off yeah when we were first talking about it and a quick demarcation note and a little bit of uh breaking the fourth wall going behind the scenes uh we had a bit of a a breakup of the episodes here because some fuckface was chopping down trees outside my house <laughs> and it seems like he's done we so hope i just, I just thought been... i'd point that out because it's starting to like the sun is starting to go down a little bit and i have not heard this goddamn motor for a little for a little while now but he, he was going for like two and a half three hours or so yeah for a minute and it seems like he was just going at one tree <laughs> Not very good at his job, but in any case, or maybe whatever. he just maybe maybe he just needs a new chain. He's trying to earn, earn some money to get a new chain for his chainsaw so he don't, can do his work better. Don't justify this <laughs> shit. Like, come on. I mean, it's anyway. I just thought I'd vent for two seconds. Yeah, as anyway. a good separation from the third episode, which was the first shit is hitting the fan episode, and like we're about to show you some shit. Yeah. And uh, so it starts off relatively quietly. Um, Mando shows back up, turns in the child to uh, Herr Gustalt or whatever of the <laughs> of the Imperial occupation that's there. That they see the imp- the Empire seems like they're kind of in hiding, but not quite because like they're not marching the streets. They're not on guard duty. It seems like they're just 
protecting this one guy. Yeah. Um, but he turns him over to a doctor. They're going to do some stuff. They walk the kid into another room. He leaves, goes, collects his money. And then he's given some additional targets to go claim. He climbs into his ship. He's about ready to set sail. And he's like, nah. And then he turns the ship back off, goes back to this Imperial outpost, and then starts just laying waste. And there's this little moment where he sees... And I'm going to make a confession here where he sees the little sphere where the child was in. He's got a control knob that's got a a shiny silver ball on it that unscrews like most stick shifts. (laughs) No, but I'm talking about when he goes back and he sees the big old sphere that the the kid was in that followed him when when he hit the controls on his wrist. Oh, you mean that one, yeah. That was his Schindler's List little red dress thing moment. Yeah. Because it's in the garbage, basically. Yeah. And so... I'll I'll admit when this when this whole series started I was like ugh I hated this this the child thing and so I got a little happy because I'm like did they put this thing in a meat grinder and it's gone <laughs> we don't have to we don't have to you like, you're gonna get you're getting all the hate mail now <laughs> you're like you wanted baby Yoda in a, in a meat grinder I actually I mean I'm Canceled. not gonna lie Canceled. I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie I I kind of did he the the character's grown on me since, but I'm just going to say that moment where I was like, oh. It would have made for some compelling television, yeah. some compelling story time. But we we were also talking on our previous episode of how we didn't want this to turn into Willow, where the guy is protecting the baby the yeah. entire time and whatever. But um, anyway, he goes into this Imperial outpost. He starts laying waste to stormtroopers, just blowing them away. Um Oh, backtrack. He went back with his payment and got new armor, like full set. Like I think yeah. he's, I think he's just missing the boots. He, the boots didn't drop for him to collect. I didn't see boots, but who um, knows? But he's got, yeah, he's got full new shiny armor and some new, uh, some new wrist rockets and some new uh, weapons and ammunition and whatever. He. he has a little bit of a spat with some of the other people who don't believe that he should be there. They have like a little like vibroblade fight where they're kind of trying to stab each other. It was it was a little bit of a measuring contest for lack of a better term like you know, wits, you... wits, right? That's what we're talking about, measuring of wits. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh <laughs> And so, yeah, there's a little bit of a fight there, but the the woman that's in charge of everything kind of let let them know and that's where this next phrase started where this is the way this is the way that that mandalorians have survived past the the destruction of mandalore i guess the occupation of mandalore from the empire and so they've they had that little bit of a spat but he got his new armor goes and gets his new bounties and then now we're back up so he goes in finds the doctor they're pulling juice or something out of the kid. He's like, oh, he's not hurt. He's just weak. You know, Mando picks him up and then he starts making his way out, blowing everybody away. <laughs> starts making his way to his ship. Uh, Herr Gustalt or whatever his name is. <laughs> I can't remember what the character's, character's name is. He has, he's thick German, German accent. Um, you think I'm getting hate mail. <laughs> Uh, he puts the bounty back on all the people that had 
you know, bounty trackers for this kid turn back on. A little bit of a John Wick moment. Yeah. And so everyone, like, starts heading to the streets to kind of, like, get theirs because, like, hey, there's big payment in this in this Word. thing. I want best car shit. Yeah. And so he's met in the alley by uh, just bounty hunters and scoundrels and uh, Carl. I just we- see Gary Oldman going, everyone. <laughs> and Carl Weathers, he's there. <sighs> Um, and they're like, hey, we can work this, you know, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. Not exactly those words, but, you know, you know, we can start, we can start a fight or you can just turn them over and then that'll be the end of it. And Mandalorian starts shooting, blowing stuff up. He's taking cover. And there is a point where like, oh, he's going down. He's surrounded. They keep shooting. He's losing. And... You know, the house party protocol happens. <laughs> and every Mandalorian with a jetpack and a Gatling gun, like, flies over the city and lands and starts just blowing everyone away. And they're like, you gotta get out of here. And then this is the way. This is the way. Boom, boom, boom. People are flying. Uh, Carl Weathers gets shot, but he doesn't die. Because? Because, because he had he got his own payment for getting the the kid, and he had Beskar steel in his in his jacket pocket, and that's what took the hit. And I think that kind of gives you an idea as to why sometimes you know the Mandalorian will take shots, and it doesn't penetrate. It doesn't penetrate. There's also I, I not to you know promote another channel, but like we I love everyone around here. Go ahead. Um, there's a huge description on a on another YouTube channel called Because Science and describes like why how blasters work and why stormtrooper armor is not necessarily the worst thing ever and like why that might work mm. and stuff. It's a very interesting idea of like how blasters and the armor in the Star Wars universe might work. So just as a thing. Um, anyway, go check them out too after you finish this video. Um, so he gets in his ship, takes off, you know, a Mandalorian flies up next to him on a jetpack, and, you know, says like, you know, good luck or gives him a thumbs up. I don't know if he said, I don't remember. I don't think he says anything. And he's gone. Which brings us to the Bryce Dallas Howard written next episode. Next episode was a sanctuary. Sanctuary. And he lands on another undescript planet that's more like forests. Kind of not, ju- it's not, definitely not jungle, um, but more wooded in small camps. There's not a, like, there's no heavy cities or civilization. And a small farming community that harvests a blue glowing liquid that has blue glowing fish in it, yeah, is under siege by raiders. Um, and he is enlisted to help them, you know, the lone gunman in the old western, and he's hired to help them and then. Through his little bit of interaction, um, he finds out that they're in the middle of nowhere. And he's like, yeah, I can hide there for a while. And then he doesn't really want the payment, but he gives the payment to somebody else for help, which happens to be a retired... Rebel shock trooper? uh, Yeah, a a rebel shock trooper who took part in the Battle of Endor. Uh, And uh, Carla Dune? Cara Dune? It, I think it's Cara Dune. It's something Dune. Yeah. Um, Cara Dune. Cara Dune. And she had, like, when he's in town, like, he meets her through a little bit of, uh, 
fisticuffs. He thinks there's something suspicious about her. He follows her around. He gets ambushed by her. He gets his ass kicked. Yeah. Um, and he's about to set her on fire and then is interrupted by Baby Yoding sipping soup. The child <laughs> watching the fight happen and he's sipping soup. And I'll say this. I like that. That's kind of where I didn't hadn't fully turned by then uh-huh. from meat grinder to like, but I was okay. So <laughs> he's on the side and every now and again, he'll do some force stuff, but he's kind of like the comic relief, like levity. Yeah. Give a moment, like bust up something on the ship kind of thing. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. So he he's not yeah he's not taking a whole lot of like direct control over scenes or story direction or anything like that so it, he's coming into his own kind of thing but he's looking but Mandalorian takes his job to protect the city from these raiders and then come to find out they have an ATST an old you know ex imperial chicken walker chicken walker that uh they've painted and modified a little bit and it's got those like evil girl glowing red eyes but they come up with a plan to a la you know army of darkness train <laughs> these <laughs> these yokels into being you, a, that's that's being, interesting with the star wars to- storytelling because in 83 you land in a spot and they didn't have to teach ewoks nothing oh yeah they just came out and did it and then fast forward, and the storytelling has evolved to where now you have this almost, I don't want to say cliche, because, I mean, it, it is used a lot, but I wouldn't say it's overused. But now it's, you know, we're bringing this to the locals for them to, to arm themselves. Yeah. Mandalorian breaks out his, like, giant chest-o weapons and, like, <laughs> starts just handing out blasters to everyone. And they're like, just don't point it at anybody. And he trains them, and they're getting ready, and they come up with a plan for an ambush. They take down, you know, they go, they, the Mandalorian and Car- Cardoon come in to go into the camp to kind of, like, blow some stuff up and cause chaos in the middle of the night. And then they're chased back to the village by the raiders and the chicken walker. And they end up taking it down through the use of, like, some traps and, you know, general construction design issues that arise with having an ATSD. And they win, and you know he stays there for what I can only say is probably a couple of months to like kind of hide out, and he develops a sort of a love interest in this thing, and they're asking him to take off the armor and you know hang it up and like hey you could relax and do this and that, and then there's a this is not the way yeah this is not the way, uh, and then we'd only we'd close at the end of only four episodes who wants that. <laughs> And there's there's another bounty hunter here and tries to snipe the child and he's taken out at the last second by Cardoon who found him off in the woods and is like, hey, you know, you're being followed now. They got trackers on you. So he packs it up, says his goodbyes. Kara doesn't go with him and he gets in the ship and then takes off and he's out. Um, and then... And he leaves... He, he leaves, and then uh, he's probably back in space for what I can only assume is another couple of months. Because mm-hmm. there's definitely some time passage that's happening through here. But they don't describe it exactly. And I, I like that, because you, we can discuss it and argue it you know, behind the scenes. And there's some fun in just letting your audience do that. Yeah. You know, and speculate. And some of the stuff is like, oh, well, this... 
how much time happened between this episode and this episode. And by the time the season's over, you can go back and kind of say, well, what about the behind the scenes stuff in planets that we weren't on? You yeah. know, uh, like, for example, we'll revisit IG-11 later and yeah. think about that kind of mm-hmm. interaction. Yeah. But um, when we go to the Gunslinger, which is episode five. We have a bit of a of a chase, <laughs> and after the chase, we need to repair. Repair. We need to repair the Razor Crest. The and, Razor Crest. And where do we go for any kind of ship repair? <laughs> of course, in the Star Wars universe, the, you'll never find. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's controlled by the Huts. They'll never find us. Here. Yeah, they'll never find us here. Was like, oh, and we can't take the princess to a place controlled by the huts. The huts are gangsters. Yeah, they are. That's the <laughs> and they have this piece of shit planet in the middle of nowhere. And we ended ended up here for some reason. Again. So now we're in in on Tatooine. We're on Tatooine. Not just on Tatooine. We're we're in most if, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, we're in most Espa. No, I think it's most Isley. It's on Mos Eisley. It's in Mos Eisley? Yeah. Okay, so we are in the wretched hive of scum and villainy, as predicated by Obi-Wan Kenobi. And we land in Docking Bay something, and it very well could be the same Docking Bay that the Millennium Falcon was in. We don't know. We, we have no idea. But the, the cool part to me about a, some of this stuff, and it's the same thing as like when, you know, somebody... For us, for the viewer... We see the child, and we're like, oh, that looks just like Yoda. But for the characters on this show, I'm sure they've heard the name Yoda, and that Mm -hmm. was a great Jedi Master, and the legend is... But they have no clue what Yoda looked like. Yeah. And so, in a way, they don't even realize... Everybody's in there, and they don't even realize that the great Han Solo and the Jedi Luke Skywalker that blew up the first Death Star... And had a hand in killing the Emperor and is a legend. Made his first start at everything in this very piece of shit fucking <laughs> spaceport. Dust bald, you know, prairie oyster of a town. Yeah. And they have, so they're all, you know, oh, is this, I mean, if this had been like Earth, mm-hmm. Mos Eisley would have been a national monument with fucking lines and tickets to go in and be like, yeah, this is where he... The blue milk and the guy's hand got chopped off and the whole shit. And over there, Greedo died and it was a whole thing. Yeah. There's a plaque where Greedo died. <laughs> they've, but they've, in, they've glassed in that whole booth. Yeah. Gla- <laughs> it's all glassed over with a plaque there and everything. Some say he shot first. <laughs> but like in the Star Wars universe, it's just most Eisley. Like yeah. whatever. I don't care. That was a Thursday. Yeah. So many people had like, was he here? They probably couldn't pick Luke out of a lineup now from that day. Like, was he here that day? I don't know. I see all sorts of fucking weird shit. <laughs> the human? Yeah, I don't know. We only get a few of those. Yeah, every now and again. Um him and Han or something. Yeah. So the guy who owes me money? Yeah. So he's met at the docking bay by strangers with candy. And she's <laughs> <laughs> so she shows up and like she takes a liking to the kid, you know, with her like little interactions. And she's got a set of pit, <laughs> of pit droids that are are making you know a mess. And he doesn't like droids working on it. He wants her to do it because he doesn't trust droids for whatever reason that you find out later. Um, and then 
he's out of he's basically out of money at this point. He spent all his money on his fancy armor. Now he doesn't have any money to eat, which is a lesson, you know. Be be cons- you know conservative with your money, or if you're not going to be, make sure that you have steady income. Constantly. Prioritize food. Yeah, prioritize, <laughs> prioritize food, shelter, and clothing. And, <laughs> so, and if you travel from planet to planet, fuel. Yeah. Um, so he goes to the local cantina there, which is, it looks like the same cantina from you know episode four. I don't know if it's got a name or not, but mm-hmm. he it looks it's the same cantina. He talks to. The bartender asking if there's any, like, local bounties, like, local trouble that, uh, you know, you got any local trouble? You got any local trouble that he could handle there? And they're like, no, it all goes through the guild. And then there just happens to be a guild member there who's like, hey, I've got a bounty and I kind of know who you are. I need help, you know, taking them down because though I have all the gumption and ambition in the world, I have zero skills to translate into it and I need help finding them. So he... Uh, agrees to help this guy, this kid, track down an imperial sniper, spy, assassin. Um, the target. The target. She's she happens to be very good with a sniper rifle. Um, another bounty hunter has gone after him before, and find they find him being dragged by his. Ban- was it a bantha or was it a, no? It was a dubak. Dubak. Yeah. He was being dragged by a dubak because um, he got shot off of his uh, his mount. And then, so they take cover, and they wait until nighttime, and then they're going to mess with her scope by firing flares into the air, and then they go and hunt her down. They lose one of their speeder bikes in the process, but they end up getting her captured. Um, Yep. And then he, the Mandalorian tells the kid, hey, you watch her, I'm going to, I'll go get the other, the do back, and then we'll ride back into town. This is why everybody should have... A good pair of headphones and a very loud playlist. <laughs> and so he tells the kid to watch her, and then she sits there and says, Oh, you don't know who that guy is. He's got a bounty on his head from the guild because he's got and his, another target with him that he rescued. And, and it's know. definitely bigger than mine. Yeah. And f- it's, yeah. I'll split it with you. Yeah. And he, like an idiot, he blows her away. And like you're not gonna take a man like he's a, you're not gonna take a Mandalorian on by himself. Even if you do get you know an ambush, you need superior firepower. And he's just got all he's not got to is a, mention. He's got a black. He had a pistol. That's all the, he had. Not to mention he does that, and his very next move is to go for the thing that inspired the Mandalorian to take out a fleet of fucking Imperial stormtroopers. <laughs> so he goes back to the. Fuck to Mos Eisley and goes, I'm going to take the kid hostage. Yeah, yeah, good job there. Yeah, don't put, yeah, piss off the guy with all the heavy artillery and like could, is going to take more than one or two shots from you. Here's a lesson for you, another lesson for you kids. A bird in hand with handcuffs on and already caught is worth 17 Mandalorians with huge fucking bounties on there. (laughs) So. Mandalorian goes back, finds out what's going on, ends up blowing the guy away, you know, pays off what little was left. Uh, with the money of the guy he killed, by the way. Yeah, with the money of the guy he killed. Gangster. <laughs> uh, pays off his repairs, sets sail, um, flies off, and then... It, it is impressive, R2. Um, R2 has fallen over. He's fallen over again? <sighs> Man, you gotta you gotta get get his third leg going again. 
He's, he's probably got too much power. He probably could do with, like, running amok a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so, he's back out in space, and then we now have the episode titled The Prisoner. Oh, Bill Burr episode! <laughs> Shout out to Bill Burr. Shout out to Bill Monday Burr. Monday morning podcast. Glad you made it to the Star Wars universe. Yes. So, he, Bill Burr's on there. And he gets recruited by an old friend to come be part of a job, because I guess he was part of a, an Ocean's Eleven-type crew before. And they hire him to do another job where they're going to rescue a prisoner from a Republic prison ship that's between hyperspace jumps. Um, so they're going to use... They need his ship because it's got, you know, a, tran- a transponder ID scrambler and can cloak... Has some sort of cloaking thing... Or whatever it's small enough to get a weasel its way in there and spoiler alert also because it has the mandalorian well it has the mandalorian but they they made the mention that they wanted his ship more than they wanted him yeah but you know they need him too because as we can see they're not they weren't prepared for what was going to happen to them so they make this trip to the this prison ship and then make their dock they discover that he has baby the uh, the the child on board, and they're ready to like kind of like smash it, and you know he gets all defensive about it. No force powers or anything are like really discovered by them, but they've got um, kind of like a protocol droid flying the ship because it can do it with pinpoint maneuvering by yeah. interfacing or something. So it flies, docks, they board the ship, Mandalorian, and then Bill, Then it's Bill Burr, the girl, and then like a big dude. Like just yeah, a really big dude, big... a Twi'lek, Twi'lek. Yeah. And uh, Bill Burr. And then Bill Burr and then Mandalorian. And they're making, they're the entry team. And they're going around, they have to make their way to, uh, sneakily to the bridge to turn off everything. Um, and make sure that no one sets any alarms off, and then then they're going to go get the prisoner out. So, in some pretty proficient displays of, like, the Mandalorian taking out combat droids and Republic, you know, uh, guard droids and blowing some stuff up, you're like, oh, wow, the Mandalorian's got some additional skills that we didn't know he had. Like, mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive. And then Bill Burr makes a comment of, like, eh, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah, I didn't think he could do it either. And they keep they keep uh, moving through. Um, they kind of start splitting up, but you feel like there's something that's not quite vibing right. Um, and then they discover that, oh, like, he's part of, like, the point of, like, they're going to make him the fall guy. So they're going to make the Mandalorian be captured at the end of this and they're going to steal his ship and his ward <laughs> and the his, kid his his young ward that's what I was yeah saying. they're going to steal him and the kid and and they're just going to leave him in a prison cell or whatever and uh they rescue what ends up being the Twi'leks girl's brother um they pull him out of that and then um they lock Mandalorian in a cell He's able to, with the use of, you know, cunning or whatever, 
get a droid arm to unlock the door so he gets out and then he starts taking them out kind of like one by one. Um, yeah, that's his Batman moment. Yeah. Like turning off the lights, mm-hmm. appearing in one spot. <laughs> like showing up quick behind them. And they sort of leave it open like what did he do with the crew? Did he kill them all? Yeah, they don't really tell you. Um, but the the um, they have a certain amount of time to get out of the ship. Because the uh, guard that was at the bridge alerted the Republic, but you have like three, like and thirty. He had, a, he had a location beacon that he that he yeah. So pressed he had, the button on and pressed the button, and it's supposed to send ships to come rescue them. And so he, you've got like it was like twenty. They had like twenty minutes or thirty minutes or whatever to get to where it is that they needed to go. Um, and so in this time frame, the Mandalorian takes them all out. You know. You don't really see what happens to him, but they're all knocked out. But, like, it comes to a terms of he was hired to rescue the brother. The brother's the only one left. So he puts the the brother on um, on the ship. Uh, Baby Yoda takes out the, <laughs> the droid <laughs> that was piloting the ship because, you know, he got, like, suspicious. And then Baby Yoda's like, oh, yeah. Much to learn, have you? <laughs> um, oh, that hurt my soul. <laughs> I'm crying in the in the studio here, guys. Oh, you're fine. And <laughs> so they then they they release from the Republic ship. They make their way back to that uh, star base that they he originally got contracted at. Turns the guy over um, to his old boss. Um, and then, like, takes his cut of money and leaves, but little do we know that the guy had the locator beacon left on him. Like a kick-me sign. Yeah. (laughs) With the little, uh, like, in the guy's, like, shirt, pants, something, whatever. He had it on his person. He had it on his person. Mandalorian leaves, and then three X-Wings show up, and they're like, that's where the locator beacon is. Oh, that's where the guy, like, well, we know what to do. Blow it the hell up. And so the Mandalorian hyperspaces out, these three ships. Let me ask a question, though, because they didn't. I mean, they got visual on a little bit of the ship. Uh huh. What if they had made it to that Republic prison uh, cruiser, and taken a hostage, and brought him back, and that's who has the location beacon? They could have just killed that dude. Yeah, they could have, but they I'm, wanted to wipe <laughs> wipe out the whole base. Like, oh, it's obviously, like, smugglers and pirates. Yeah, let's get rid of them. Let's get rid of it. Wipe them out. Yeah, so they they, they proton torpedo the shit out of that place. (laughs) And it all blows up. And then, you know, they're left feeling stupid because they're dead. (laughs) You know, at this point, I didn't even think of it when I saw this episode. But it's probably a bad idea to hire the Mandalorian for some shit and give him money. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah. At least, and at least do it like unrespectfully. Like, you yeah. know, you're trying to like play two different sides of the same coin kind of thing. Like, you better let them know up front. Look, yeah. I'm an asshole, but I'm giving you this money. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want you coming back later and, uh, you know, yeah. Ruining my shit. So, but keeping my money. Yeah. That's fucked up. So the Mandalorian leaves with his cut. Um, find out that there's a small little thing of the people that were on his crew are now all locked in that uh, 
in one of the prison cells on the prison ship. So they're all there. So hope, hopefully in season two, some of them will make a repeat appearance, maybe. Um, maybe they'll come back for some uh, and as a, some vengeance. As a quick note, I don't remember all of the people, but the three pilots of the three different X-Wings, one of them is Dave Filoni. And then the other two were other like directors or writers of Star Wars stuff. Um, so Dave Filoni did Clone Wars and Rebels. And, and wrote a couple of episodes of this. Or one episode. I think he. I think. I think he directed one episode of this. I he, think actually. I think this was the episode he directed. He wrote the Gunslinger, so the episode before this, and I'm, I don't have this memorized. I'm looking this up, guys. So it's it's cool. Yeah. And this episode was written by Chris Yost. Okay. And Rick was the director. Rick family family Okay. So in any case, he they're they're all like. Producers, writers, directors, something of this. So it was kind of like a nice, nice little uh, part to play. And if I remember, the guy who did the, who pressed the button, the the guard, the human guard that was on the bridge, he's someone too from another Star Wars thing. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't quite remember. I have to go back and look at like IMDb or some shit. You could tell we do a lot of research. <laughs> Lots of research prior Lots to uh, research. pressing record on this. And so from that Check episode, out our e-begging segment if you, <laughs> if you want to know about what you what should what you should contribute to this cause. Yeah. Um <laughs> And then so that was episode what? 6, six which and brings s- us to 7. seven. And eight. Well, seven we can and do eight. 7 and 8. Uh, you know, instead of separating them, they're they're kind of like two but, parts, almost like a two part of the same episode. Yeah. And they're the longest episodes. If I had a complaint about this show, it's that the episodes are too short. They're only about yeah. a half hour. You can It think- would be cool if the episodes were this short and they were released Netflix style, like here's season 1, just binge it. Yeah. Yeah, but you can binge this thing in an afternoon. Like yeah. it's not that bad. Um it's like what? Maybe 5 hours is the whole season maybe? Yeah. So, because the last two episodes are like forty, the last episode, the last episode is like fifty-nine minutes, and the episode before that is like forty-seven or something like that. And the rest are in the thirties. The rest of them are like thirties or under. It's I think it goes from anywhere from twenty-seven minutes to like thirty-six. So yeah, you can bang through this in an afternoon. Um, the if you haven't watched it and you're listening to this, what the fuck is wrong with you? There's something. Yeah, there's something. <laughs> seek help. Go watch it. It's not that bad. Disney Plus is not that expensive. It's it's half the price of Netflix right now. Um, if you have Verizon, I think they give you a year for free if you have a data plan with them, an unlimited data plan or something. Any case, the seven and eight is an interesting part because he's contacted by Carl Weathers, who we thought may have been dead, or he thought may have been dead, but we find out that he's not, and he's telling him like, "Hey, things are really bad here." Um, and I'm not making any money anymore, <laughs> and I want you to come back so we can work something out. And then cue Admiral Akbar. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> and he and he wants you to come. He wants to come work some stuff out, and then work, wants you to work for the guild again. Um, but he knows that it's a trap, so he kind of, you know, pre-plans his arrival and shows up with uh, Cardoon. He goes and picks her up. From, yeah. That forest, we gotta we gotta planet. get our crew together. And he picks up um, uh, the Ugnot, who also happens to have found and rebuilt IG Eleven, 
who is now and a, reprogrammed and reprogrammed. IG Eleven is not only reprogrammed, but he's a nurse droid. He's like a almost like a protocol droid. He's the. It's kind of on the nose, though, to to have an Ugnaught who does not have kids to reprogram IG Eleven as a nurse droid. Yeah, who's supposed to protect a baby? Yeah, it's it was it's a weird concept, but like I mean. Droids are droids. It's a machine. It'll do what you need it to do. Yeah. Um, we just don't want it killing anymore. <laughs> unless it's in defense of, like, what is it? Asimov's Three Laws? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Isaac Asimov. Um, so he gets a crew together and goes and talks to Carl Weathers, who also has a crew. And they explain that the town that he was in is all imperialed up like he's they've got a garrison there now they're they're under lock and key he can't get any work done he's kind of excommunicated from the guild because of what mandalorian did to him so they're trying and to real work quick stuff out. if you see the crew right um you instantly know like for me as soon as i saw the crew i was like oh they're not gonna make it because <laughs> they're, they're they they're, this is as expendable a a, a crew, car, like uh, they might as well be wearing red shirts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. It, it's pretty bad. Um, because they're just they're just general faceless weak way, right? And yeah, yeah, mostly. Yeah. So they they they're gonna make this trek on on Blurgback, the the half back <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, and a couple of speeders and whatnot. So they're going to make their way from where the Mandalorian ship is left to the town where they're going to, you know, try and pull a fast one or whatever. So they make camp and then they're attacked by pterodactyls. <laughs> they don't really describe what they are. They're not Minox. Khaleesi's dragons. Yeah. There's, we'll call them Khaleesi's there's, dragons. There's some kind of dragon thing, um, pterodactyl thing. Then they start picking off the crew third tree from the left <laughs> the the unnamed crew um and carrying them off into the night to like eat them and they're like well i don't understand why they had this camp and a big ass fire and it didn't keep any of the predatory animals away <laughs> but you know you go under a tent like make a big tent or something and yeah then, but in the in the process carl weathers gets hurt and then the baby re- like almost like Apparently fatally wounded. Yeah, like, fatally like, like he's bad. Toast. He's going down. He's not breathing. Apparently, there's a poison in it too. There's a poison or yeah. infection, immediate infection or something that sets in. And Baby Yoda, the child, reveals his latent force ability of force healing, which you will later see in the Rise of Skywalker. Which is, by the way, if you keep up with the. I guess publications that follow Star Wars, it was very heavily hinted that before you watch Rise of Skywalker, you should watch this. Yeah. It's not episode. required, but you should watch it. Yeah. And I and think that's that was, the reason why. And that's the reason why. And also I think just because, you know, to satisfy general hater culture, it's easier to let a beloved character, the child, con- introduce a new force power than it would be for for mary sue to do it for mary sue daisy ridley uh, ray palpatine skywalker to, to do it and be like she can't do that shoot her or something <laughs> as opposed to letting 
oh. as opposed to letting the uh, the widely adored you know baby Yoda do it, and then they're like, oh, isn't that cute? And like, and then like, okay, it's cute here, it's established now. Ray can do it. Yeah, it's kind of like how in Rogue One they had oh, you, hi, they could track through hyperspace, and it, and it, I mean. Last Jedi still succumbed to hater culture for tracking through hyperspace, but you know you can't win. Well, even then, uh, you you still haven't watched Rebels, right? No. Okay, you need to watch Rebels because that whole plot summary of like the discussion of tracking through hyperspace is in Rebels. There was a whole Imperial Tech uh, Technical Bureau that was working on the ability to do that, and then the Rebels like blew up that facility to make it so like oh they don't have like they lost the tech to do that anymore and then like they obviously didn't lose all of it or the research started up again because now the first order has it like so it was you know predetermined that this was going to be a thing but okay. any case <clears throat> anyway so um baby yoda the child heals carl weathers and, <laughs> and they set and then the next morning they set back up to uh, go into go into the town, but they leave the child with the Ugnaught while they make kind of their entry. They're kind of going to play like, oh, we got the kid, but we don't have the kid. I have spoken. Yeah, I have spoken. They go in. They kind of get ambushed in the cantina, like, by Herr Gustalt. You know, he's they there's the place is surrounded by stormtroopers. There's the proprietor of this apparent whole project, Moff Gideon, who's going to arrive to like discuss negotiations, but they end up having to blow a lot of people away. It's including, out, including Herr Gustalt. Herr Gustalt gets <laughs> gets <laughs> gets blown away. Um, then they find out that there's um, some scout troopers that are chasing down the the Ugnut guy. Who has Baby Yoda? He's trying to get back to the Razor Crest to kind of like lock up and fly off so they can get the kid away. Um, the uh, they start the 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 Mandalorian Carl Weathers and uh, Cardoon start taking fire and they're you know getting getting blown up in the uh, in the cantina. Moff Gideon arrives in a Tie Fighter and they start setting up an E Web blaster. They're like, "Hey, you know what this is? We're gonna start blowing you away." It's over. It's over. You better come out and bring me whatever it is you've got. And then um, the Ugnut guy gets blown away. Um, he dies. They, The scout troopers collect the child and then start making their way back uh, towards the city. Um, lo, lo and behold, though, they are also, like, I'm just going to take a second. Like... <laughs> These two scout troopers. Isn't Jason Sudeikis one of them? I have no idea. I he thought, might. He might be. I thought he was one of them. But these two scout troopers have to be the like some of the most hated characters in all of the Star Wars universe right now. Really? I think so. Because like both of them, like full on, like you know, shoulder cocked and everything, punch Baby Yoda in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so I, as soon as that shit happens, I'm sure there's fans that are calling for these guys' blood. Like they're like, yeah, no. you know, you know how it works though. Is like, yeah, they did some dumb shit, but they were funny though. Like their their they, banter was I loved, outrageously hilarious. I loved it because there was this great like you. It's so rare to see. You know, great just pulp fictiony like what do two like 
hitmen say on their ride to the hit, like yeah. and, what, and the bullshit they talk about. It was kind of that level. Like, what do two stormtroopers talk about while they're waiting for their boss to decide if they're going to blow something up or if they're going to do whatever? <laughs> and also continuing the run-on gag of stormtroopers can't shoot. They can't hit anything. They take the time to just kind of like shoot a rock, and they're like they're both taking turns and shaking the. Bla- There's something wrong with the blaster. Obviously, we can't, yeah. can't hit it. But There's then, lag and the input yeah. got dropped. <laughs> so they're sitting there waiting for like their orders to do something, which don't come. And then IG-11 shows up. And he's like, hey, I'm the kid's nursemaid. I, you need to give him back to me now. And they're like, no, that's not happening. Unacceptable. And, unacceptable. And then IG-11 tears them apart. <laughs> <laughs> because IG-11 can shoot. Because he can shoot. Yeah, he's got his skills. They're still <coughs> locked away in there, but like his, you know, his prime directive has changed. He's now allowed to harm an OCP officer or whatever. <laughs> 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 or whatever. So he gets he put he gets on the speeder bike and I guess he's going to make a rescue of the Mandalorian. Like he rides in there, blows away like 20 30 stormtroopers walks into the bar like it's nothing is like hey i'm here to protect the kid <laughs> like what do you gotta what do you need me to do and you know ig11 had a funny way of doing that by bringing the kid right in the middle of the, <laughs> in the middle of all of the chaos everything. yeah you would think he would have taken him back to the ship but that's less dramatic and flown off yeah um but anyway so they 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 start fighting their way out and they don't like quite make it. There's a flamethrower trooper that shows up. Mandalorian gets like concussed into a wall. You know, they're trying to figure out a way out. They're still in lockdown. Moff Gideon's calling for blood. They cut a they cut a hole in uh, IG Eleven cuts a hole into the sewer where everyone they leaves. Schindler's list their way out. Yeah, they crawl in the sewer, and then IG Eleven is going to stay there while the Mandalorian is openly refusing. To have medical treatment to a head wound because he won't take his helmet off. This is the way. And then he's like, I'm not allowed to take it off in front of every, ever any living person. And he's like, uh, I am not. And then IG-11 says, I am not alive. And then takes his helmet off. We are we are given the Mandalorian's real name, with, which is uh, Din, uh, Din Janus, I think. E- it's, it's Yes. Din something. You know, um, I just had that in front of me too. I think I, I think I did. Hey, Din Jaren, that's it. I've got it. Din Jaren. Um, we find out some more about his past, about how he was rescued during the Clone Wars by uh, Death Watch, a Mandalorian group. Uh, rescued him from some super battle droids, but his parents died. And he was intaken by. Uh, a group of Mandalorians and then raised to be a Mandalorian. That's why he's kind of an outsider because he's not blood uh, Mandalorian. He's an adopted Mandalorian. Converted. Converted. Um, but IG-88, or IG-88, IG-11 applies uh, a Bacta spray and some, you know, some intravenous, you know, healing. Bacta stem. technology has improved a lot since, you know, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, so it's in a spray and then like, then IG-11 carries him into the sewer, puts, puts his helmet back on. They start making their way. They meet, uh, Forge, the Forge lady. 
yeah the leader um apparently the empire came in and wrecked house <laughs> with all the previous mandalorians because there's like a pile of all their armor that she's melting back down into bricks um to use she gives him a jetpack lets him restock on missiles and um and all weapons this, all the all the weapons yeah and then uh she gives him his symbol and he tells him he's a clan of two now him and the child um his symbol is the mud horn and then wishes him luck and then tells him to get out and then stormtroopers eventually find her and then you see her just <laughs> break faces yeah and she's stuff. not a joke um they make their way to like a lava lava river that they're going to take a lava boat to kind of like sneak out of the city and then they surprisingly get this R2 unit that <laughs> it was the most surprising thing to me in this entire episode because it's like under like molten rock that's dried and they crack it open. And then like he's it's like a gondola and the R2 unit is the 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 pilot or the the boatman. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it grow, it, it grows up and it's got like arms and legs. It's like a Schwarzenegger R2 bot pushing this way through. It was the most surprising. I was like, "What am I looking at?" <laughs> and they make their way out. Still not as cool as you are too. Yeah, of course. Um they make their way out um IG-11 and his sensors senses that there's an ambush waiting at the end of the tunnel of stormtroopers and such. So he voluntarily self-sacrifices to go through, wade through the lava up ahead a little bit and then detonate himself, blow himself to smithereens to kill all these stormtroopers. They make their way out. Um, and then they're starting kind of Terminator 2-like, right? Oh, isn't, did he blow himself up in Terminator 2? Well, no, he, well, he self-sacrificed. Moved himself into the lava. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, so then they're making their way out, and then Moff Gideon flies over in a TIE fighter. It's like, I don't know why they don't have, like, a squadron of TIE fighters. It's just the one ridden, driven by the the guy that's in charge. They don't have a Star Destroyer. I think one of the things you need to be high up in uh, he had- anything in the Empire or First Order is overconfidence. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Your your fleet is lost. <laughs> um, so he's doing flyby passes, shooting at him. Mandalorian puts the jetpack on. Carl Weathers is saying, "Baby Yoda, do the magic hand thing, and we can win." And Baby Yoda does something cute. And then <laughs> Mandalorian flies up, snags the Tie Fighter with a, a grappling cable. Sets some thermal detonators on it, releases, and then blows that ship out of the sky. Like blows a wing off, and it spirals down. Because for those of you who don't know, twin ion engine fighters don't have really have shields. The the yeah the imp- imperial ones don't. They rectified that in the first order. First yeah. order it was like, yeah, shields seem to be like nice. <laughs> we should put some shields on some shit. You see how we keep shooting at these X wings and nothing happens. Yeah, but when they shoot us, we explode. <laughs> So he lands. There's some heartfelt goodbyes. Uh, Mandalorian takes the child, flies up into the sky. Um, and then, I guess, makes his way to his ship. He kind of cuts out from there. You get credits. And then we have an after credit scene of the crashed ship. And the, the ship gets cut, get a hole cut open in it. 
And then it turns out that there's like the not only is Moff Gideon alive, but he has the dark saber, a cherished Mandalorian artifact, usually held by like the leader of a particularly strong clan, and he has that like as a I'm assuming as a war trophy. But like the story of that, we don't know who the last person that had it was because um it's seen in to be held by uh death the leader of death watch and then it's given to um darth maul he has it for a bit then we know sabine wren gets it from rebels which you haven't watched and then he, she gives it to um the warrior sister of the of Satine, which is the woman from Mandalorian that Obi-Wan was kind of in love with. But he never said he was in love with, but like you fly halfway across the galaxy to like help fix some general problems for a, a girl, you know, and you're a Jedi, like you can probably have feelings for. Um sacrilege. <laughs> um blasphemy. Probably. And they any case, like he's got it. And you're like, what what the hell? <laughs> like and then he leave it off. So it's like, oh cliffhanger. Awesome. So it was a great um The whole season from top to bottom gave me a sense of like there were parts of it and I think it's just for storytelling and moving it forward that were like kind of tropish like we're going to use storytelling tropes to move whatever but overall it renewed like i i remember throughout after certain episodes you and i would talk about it i would talk to my brother about it. there was so many conversations that were like what does this mean and <laughs> not there's, for nothing there's definitely more to chew on in this series than the just general episodes let you believe yeah and if you if you this and that's one of the great things about this particular series is like if you know jack shit about star wars you can love this series it's a great show just in general but if you love star wars and you yeah. you've been with it since forever you see all this stuff and it makes you love it more it, it's it one works of those on things, a lot of different levels. It works off that thing of like John Favreau grew up watching Star Wars. He knows what's up. And like so did probably most of these other directors and whatever. And let me say this. Kudos to motherfucking John Favreau. And really like Dave Filoni, Feige, all of those motherfuckers. Like I, I don't want to go cheesy and be like, thank you. <laughs> But it really is a breath of fresh air to to watch, you know, if you go to the whole, to the entirety of the Marvel, of, of the MCU, and then they're dipping their toe into Star Wars here, you can tell when something's made by someone who still has VHS copies of shit <laughs> and comic books in a storage thing in their house. Like, yeah. Someone, someone who's who the the property that they're dealing with is near and dear to them as well. It's it's kind of impressive, and you can see the love and care that kind of goes into episodes, series like this, where you're like, yeah, someone cares, like a lot, and they wanted to make not only something that was like fun and entertaining, 
for people to watch, but something that they would probably want to watch themselves just to share with their, their kids and to like have other people have similar experiences growing up watching star Wars. Just it's, it's, it's almost, it's invigorating really. Like, and I feel like this is like a nice kind of invigorating introduction into star Wars lore and the series and where it can go and what it can do. Yeah, there's certain there's certain gaps, and I'll say from the three trilogies, there's certain time gaps that are, for me, important and cherished. Um, I'm not going to say Clone Wars time, because seven seasons should answer a <laughs> lot of questions about that. Jesus. Definitely the time between three and four, there, even though there's a lot of material there that's already been made, um, there's still a lot of open questions about, about that time. Plus, it is awesome to see badass version of like Darth Vader in his prime. Yeah. Doing Darth Vader stuff. <laughs> um, Whatever that might be. Just general, like, hardcore Darth Vader being a ruthless Sith Lord. Like, having people fear him and, like, knowing why he had such a reputation. Yeah. You know, in 4, 5, and 6 of, like, why people were afraid of him. The, the time between episode 4 and 5, I know um, the... Disney Star Wars crew has uh, kind of dipped their toe in there, but I, you know, whatever. But between Empire and Jedi, that's a huge, um, originally very sacred time, you know, right. with Shadows of the Empire and all the stories of what uh, Leia, Lando, and Luke were doing in preparation. And Chewbacca, he and Chewie, yes, Chewbacca, that's, that's my fault. You can't. I mean, we he didn't get a medal for like twenty some years. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta let me let me him. not overlook Chewie. Yeah, uh, that, I hundred percent apologize for that. But also, any time between that that big segment between Jedi and Force Awakens, which is. I, I would think is probably the biggest one because it's almost like the passing of the guard. You know, one through six is still, for the for all intents and purposes, it's the same company, the same vision, the same creator. It comes from the same womb. Right? Yeah. And so between Meta six... Metaphorical womb, yeah. not a real, not a real yeah, womb. Yeah, we're not saying that George Lucas has a literal womb. <laughs> However, <laughs> and birthed anything. <laughs> yeah. So between Return of the Jedi, when you have the, you know, that that almost iconic ending that's been futzed with too much, I think. Um, <sighs> and you go to Episode Seven, and you see that now this whole universe is kind of like it feels different. Mm -hmm. If and and it feels different due to the passage of like it still feels like Star Wars. But in addition to it feeling different in the lore, like time has passed and stuff hasn't gone the way we thought it would when we were seven. It also feels different like there's a different puppeteer here now. So, you you know, that time between six and seven, you, you kind of feel like 
you want to know more about how the strings went from one end to the other. Yeah. And I, I think this gives us a, enough meat, at least in the first eight episodes, to talk about that. Yeah. Because Cara Dune in some places talks about how she went from being like kicking some doors and blow some stuff up and, you know, being a badass and, you know, guns blazing, going into war and explosions and stuff too. I babysat dignitaries while they were going from one place to another and I left because it was miserable. You know, like these pampered little nobodies who want to like make themselves feel bigger than they actually are. And like I'm sitting there with a assault rifle, <laughs> like escorting them around. I was like, I don't, she said, like, I didn't want to go do guard duty. So I wanted to get back out there and do something important. So she left. So, and like it kind of made you feel like, okay, so where's, where's the structure of everything else? And it, it gives you some ground to lay on. I still don't know. Uh, unfortunately, I because time is a thing in books. I don't. I don't know what the structure of the universe is at the point where. When did the Galactic Empire fall and slowly become replaced by the First Order? Like I don't know that process or or whatever. And then like. The New Republic, did they take over Coruscant? Because that's not the... Like, as far as for what I've read, the Coruscant is still controlled by the First Order. So, like, that's still their home, like, primary planet. But the Republic had another planet, and that was one of the planets that got blown up by Starkiller Base because they had a different center of government. Yeah. And all kinds of... Like, there's a lot of stuff that's, like, going on in the galaxy that we don't have any kind of clue about. One of the things that I get from this... From just from the Mandalorian on the back end, and it can kind of almost be an allegory for life in general, but I get the sense that um, the Empire has fallen, mm-hmm. but there's pockets where they're trying to rebuild in the out in the outskirts. Well, where they still had outposts, and they probably weren't in any, in any direct war with the rebellion. So it's and it's kind of like, I mean, as far as like comparing it to something that we might know more about is the fall of the Roman Empire. Like Rome was sacked and then they moved their capital somewhere else. And then everyone else that was in charge of these like hamlets and towns and garrisons and whatever was kind of left to defend on their own. Yeah. And so like, you know, they kind of all became their own governments and built their own thing. And, you know, you even make kind of an allegory to like the fall of Nazi Germany, where there's still Nazis in the world. Like right now, (laughs) there's dudes that wear swastikas to this day, but they're just not in where they used to be. You know, like they're they're in like, you know, they get the slot after the AA meeting or whatever. Yeah. To, to do whatever, but I kind of feel it's like that. Like, they're going to do some crazy shit in different pockets, and they're always there, right? Like, yeah, but they and and that happens sometimes. You get rid of like the power center of something, and it's almost like Hydra, like, you got rid of it, but there's still it's stuff all over, over the there, yeah, there's still stuff all over the place. Like, yeah, they don't have any like direct input and like smashing power for like blanketing rules across everyone else they but, can't like, fund the creation of another death star 
yet. But <laughs> so wait until wait until the, the this garrison gets email back up and running. They'll start another. <laughs> they'll start another planet killing thing. I can. Uh, it's like nine movies, and uh, was it four of them are about planet killing things, like planet killing devices. So yeah, we always jump to that. Mm-hmm. The biggest who's who's got the biggest stick, whatever. Wits, wits. He meant to say wits because that's what we measure is, is is wits. The biggest stick. I thought I was like you know the was it uh, Theodore Roosevelt who was like, oh yeah I carry I carry a, I speak softly and carry a big stick. These are the other guys carrying a bigger stick, and everyone's got a stick and nuclear deterrence and. But the the problem with having the empire and like oh we've got a planet killer, and it's like well the other nobody else wants them kill planets, <laughs> so, so like why do we want to build a planet killer to fight your planet killer? What's the what's the point? Just hyperspace into your planet killer and yeah. blow it up. Ah, uh, the holdo maneuver. Um, so yeah, I just there's whew, there's so much to it, but like I've I've, I've enjoyed the in depth. I enjoy the broadening of the galaxy, the 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 everything that happened. Like, give us, give us more. Like, that's the complaint I had about the episodes being so short. Is I want, I just want more. Yeah, I just wanted more of it. I'm looking forward to season two. Season two. Um, I'm looking forward to. Do are we doing? Are we going to do an episode about what's coming up? Or are we going to do? Yeah, we can do that. So is that's going to be separate from this? Well, there's a lot coming up, so there's yeah, it's probably going to be a whole uh, a whole, a thing. whole thing. <sighs> All right, we'll have a part four. Well, oh, this was this was up. so this was part this, this is part four. This is or part three it depends on how you cut it. Yeah. Um, of this is our this is our 2019. Two, this is yeah. This is the 2019 Star Wars wrap up. As brought to you by End of a Species. Um, what will be coming is we will be going over things that are coming, but just note that we're not looking at rumors. Well, and we're not looking at articles that say, someone close to this person that's close to the thing because those people are not real. <laughs> um, they don't exist. I'm just, I'm just going to come out and say it. So... We will be looking at what's been announced by Disney and by Lucas and by ILM and like official things that are coming. So similar to Marvel, if you if it's not on that whole tapestry of movies that they announced, it's then not happening. We don't we don't consider it happening because it's a fifty fifty chance that Pro- the rumor's true. <laughs> Proof or it's fake news. Yeah. Um, and I need a name and somebody who can say something directly to J.J. Abrams or to Kathleen Kennedy and say, yeah, I said it. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't believe you. It's all lies. It's all, it's all you know, stuff that I'm going to ignore. Mm. So I am Jeff. And you can find me on Twitter at Zeus, letter N, Jeff. More on that one day. And uh, and I'm Adam, and I can be found at the symbol of at Tatooine Hermit on Instagram, where I've started promoting our channel a little bit there. I because, noticed. Um, yeah, there's some stuff like, you know, hey, if you're following me here, you should follow me there, too. Like, I don't know why you want to see my 
random ass pictures and thoughts that I've formed there that are only a blurb when you could come here for so much content. We talk for forever, and it's just the ramblings of a mental patient here. It's just <laughs> recovered, recovered, recovered yeah. yeah. We have day patient. passes. Yeah, they they let us out. You know, as, you know, they let us out to the store, and we can buy Oreos <laughs> and then come back, come back. I don't know if season one is of our podcast is drawing to a close because I haven't thought that far. Um, I don't plan well, mm. but. Um, if it is... Because we got other stuff we're doing. Yeah, we got a ton of other stuff. But if it is, or when it does, uh, we're going to be filling it in with uh, with some streaming. So you can find us on Twitch. And uh, we'll be going into other themes in the future. Yeah. We're going to retouch you know, general titles that like when new information or new irritations pop up, we'll talk about like how our species is dying for the sake of whatever reason. I don't know. Just I, we're we're almost taking like an intentional turn towards self-obliteration. If you uh if you have any <laughs> evidence of how our species is, you know, it's a wrap. It's over. Uh let us know. Let us know if there's a, a thing out there, some sort of a guilty pleasure. We you... love, we, as you, if you haven't been able to tell, we love to, to dialogue. And you can suggest a topic, and if we don't know anything about it, we'll at least research it a little bit and then give you our opinion on it. Yeah. And, you know, our opinion is important because we said so. <laughs> we said so. Absolutely. Um, we are the foremost authority on everything. Yeah, you know. So a couple of guys in their thirties, or no, you're you've crossed that that threshold. I'm gonna curse at you. I you mentioned it, it yourself. You, but you said that specifically. <laughs> I know. I, I felt it. I felt it in my bones. We're you're gonna get cussed out at some point. I am. I get cussed out on the regular, so it's oh, well, <laughs> not new to then me. You're used to it. Yeah, exactly. You're Go used ahead. to it. Go ahead. <laughs> Show me. T- I, I dare you to tell me something I haven't heard. Before, <laughs> I'm not so, biting the not, bait. Not not here, but like off off. Yeah, off, somewhere where it won't get us uh, canceled. Yeah, hashtag so. cancel. So anyway, we appreciate the love and support. Like, subscribe, like, share, subscribe. tell your friends, repost, retweet, reimagine, and but don't hashtag. <laughs> Do we have a hashtag? No. That's why you won't hashtag. Oh. I refuse. You refuse to hashtag? I might start hashtagging us oh, on my man. Instagram. Just All hash- hashtag end of a species. Yeah, I will. I will. We'll, we'll put our, our symbol next to pictures of like the dodo and <laughs> other, <laughs> other extinct animals. Uh, they'll be like, what is... signed up for next on this. <laughs> yeah, so... Oh, man. All right. So we will see you guys next time. And this has been EOAS, End of a Species. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>